Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 24 of Revelation chapter 21. We're going to be reading verses 11 and 12. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And I'll stop reading there. Now this is describing the holy Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, that is a city that God has built that is made up of everyone that he has saved. So this is not a literal city, it's a figurative city that is um, all of the elect, everyone that God has ever saved throughout time in the history of the world are a part of this city. And we've already talked uh, concerning the first part of verse 11, that the city having the glory of God, and we saw um, with the uh, historical uh, illustration of the building of Solomon's temple, once it was complete, then the ark was placed in, and the ark identifies with the glory and presence of God. And that's what was said, that when the ark entered into the finished temple or house of God, then the the temple had the glory of God. When the ark was captured, the glory of God was removed from Israel. Well, once God saved everyone to be saved, the whole company of the elect, it was as though the glory of God, who is God himself, um, his presence in the indwelling Holy Spirit now within everyone uh, of his elect people um, was in place. And, and so the heavenly Jerusalem had the glory of God. And then it goes on to say, And her light was like unto a stone most precious. And this is speaking of this spiritual city of believers. Her light was most precious, like a stone most precious. Well, obviously, since we're talking about the Bible, and and the Bible um, consistently uses light as a figure of the Lord Jesus Christ, it, it is speaking of Jesus being the light of the city of God. And we can know this uh, for certain, because a little further on, in the same chapter of Revelation chapter 21, it says in um, verse 22 and 23, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. 
the city of God has no need of the sun or moon. That's very interesting that God makes that statement in verse 23. The city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine in it. And that's true, of course, of eternity future. The the uh, lights of this world, the sun, moon, and stars, the physical lights will be gone. But also, what they represented was light shining into the darkness of this world, of this sin-cursed earth. But but that's not necessary in the new heavens and the new earth, in that eternal city of God. Christ is always there, and he's the light of the world. And, and so there's no need for God to um, develop some kind of gospel to uh, rescue or deliver sinners, because there's no sin there. And yet, at this point in time, uh, where we're presently um, God's people alive and remaining on the earth in the day of judgment, and we have been since May 21, 2011, and we expect to be for a while longer, in all likelihood, um, it concluding, Judgment Day concluding, October 7th, 2015. But throughout this entire period of time, in which the people of the Lord have been left on the earth to experience or to make manifest appearing before the judgment seat of Christ while being tested, we have no need of the sun or the moon, the light of the sun or the light of the moon. And, and yet we live, we survive, we we have the glory of God. We have the light of God already in the heavenly Jerusalem, in the holy Jerusalem of the kingdom of God. Because God has saved everyone to be saved, and he has entered in and indwells them and is the light of his people. Therefore, as the world lies in darkness, and there's no question about this, according to the Bible, Judgment Day is a time of intense spiritual darkness. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun is darkened. God says again and again, in Matthew 24, verse 29, in Mark 13, verse 24, in Luke 21, verse 25, Revelation 6, verse 12, in Joel chapter 2 and chapter 3, in Isaiah 13 and, and, and many other places, the sun is dark. Revelation 9, verse 2, the sun is dark again and again and again because the light of the world is the Lord Jesus Christ and he has ceased to shine in the world no more salvation, and and mankind no longer has the spiritual light of God to lighten the darkness of this world. Yet, God's people have light in their dwellings. It reminds us of the darkness, the thick darkness the Lord brought upon Egypt, 
when he was bringing the plagues on them. And one of the plagues was a plague of darkness. And and yet the Lord makes that statement that the Israelites had light in their dwellings. And that's because it was pointing to the indwelling Holy Spirit that enlightens the darkness of the child of God only. Only of the child of God. It doesn't shine um, without. It doesn't radiate into the world any longer because the stars are fallen. So the believer's light is of no use to the world. It, it's not lighting the world in any way, but it's something very personal and intimate and within the child of God. And this is why God says in Micah, in Micah chapter 7, where we read in verse 8, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, Jehovah shall be a light unto me. And that is presently the situation and has been throughout the entire prolonged period of Judgment Day. God is the light of his people. The the city of God has no need of the sun or the moon. We don't need the the gospel lights for ourselves that we we would have desired it for the unsaved for those in darkness but as far as the child of God himself or herself they don't need the light of the gospel to shine and and order for them to become saved since they've already been saved and and that's what God is saying here so the city of God presently and into this wonderful, beautiful, eternal future has a light, and that light is Christ, where the Lamb is the light thereof. And it goes on to say in Revelation twenty one eleven, and her light was like unto a stone most precious. So the glory of God that the city possesses is is God Himself. The light is Christ, but who is the precious stone? Or what is the precious stone referring to? And we'll find that it also is speaking of Jesus in First Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter 2, verses 3 and 4. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed Indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. And, and this is, uh, describing the Lord Jesus Christ. It also says in verse six, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Sion a chief corner stone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. So there twice and in those couple of verses, Jesus is called a precious stone. And he is the precious stone of the city of God, of the holy city. Her light was like unto a stone most precious. So the light and the precious stone are both referring to 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And then continuing, it says, even like a jasper stone. And what is this referring to? And we're not surprised that as we search the Bible, we find it also points to Christ. And, and you see how God um, is able to do this. Uh, Jesus is the subject matter of the Bible. He's the the topic in the volume of the book. It is written of me. He he said in Hebrews, which was a quote from the Old Testament, and and that is accurate. The Bible is pointing and and describing the Lord Jesus Christ repeatedly. And here in this one verse, God is really driving home and emphasizing that the temple or the holy city of God, the the body of believers, have Jesus. They have the Lord Jesus Christ, the glory of God. Remember, Christ is typified by that ark. They have Jesus, the light of the world, but now the, the indwelling light within that city of the elect. They have Jesus, that precious stone, and they have Jesus, the jasper stone. Let's go to Revelation 4. In Revelation 4, in verses 2 and 3, it says there, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Of course, if you are looking into heaven and you see a throne and one sitting upon the throne, well, that's none other than God himself. There's no one else in heaven seated upon that throne. And then it goes on to say in verse 3, And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. There was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. There is the Lord God, the Lord Jesus Christ, one and the same, and he is upon his uh, glorious heavenly throne in this description. And, and we've seen numerous descriptions of God, numerous descriptions of Christ, because he's so infinite in his being, so wonderful in his person, that you, you can't just give God a couple of words and, and think that you've completely described uh, his, his uh, almighty uh, person. And no, God is so fabulous and wonderful and great and awesome and incredible that uh, here we have a scripture and we have all types of superlatives that are lavished upon him, rightfully so, because they're all accurate and and they're all truthful. And over here is another verse that approaches God from a slightly different perspective and we see more glory and and more incredible beauty in this infinite being and and so too here where God is being described as a jasper and sardine stone and uh, as we see in our verse 
having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone. God is really highlighting Jesus. Jesus, that that he indwells all those that he has saved. And then he finally says at the end of verse 11, clear as crystal. And crystal is used uh, earlier. We, we find the description of a sea of glass in the book of Revelation. And it's likened to crystal. And uh, in Revelation chapter 22, the next chapter, the final chapter of this uh, book of Revelation, it says in verse 1, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And that's a, a good verse to help us define what's in view with crystal. Crystal showcases the purity, the holiness, the complete sinless perfection of what is in view. And and here it is, Jesus Christ, uh, without sin, uh, the the holy God of the Bible. So the city of God possesses Jesus. He dwells among them. He is their God. They are his people. And they are uh, likened to crystal. The body of believers are like that sea of glass. They're pure and holy. And Jesus is pure and holy. And and uh, that's the picture, the glorious picture of heaven. Okay, let's go on to verse 12 of chapter 21. And it says, And had a wall, continuing to describe the holy Jerusalem, and had a wall great and high. The the wall of Jerusalem, the city of God, the city made up of everyone God has saved. And when we look to the Bible for the spiritual uh, definition of a wall, what do we find? but that it relates to salvation. As it says in Isaiah chapter 26, uh, at the end of verse 1, we have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Again, the reference to city would tie in to that heavenly Jerusalem, the city that is uh, in view in our verse in Revelation, the city of all those that God has saved. Also in Isaiah, in chapter 60, in Isaiah 60, in verse 18, it says in that verse, Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation. And thy gates praise. There again is God identifying the walls with salvation. Now notice the next verse here in Isaiah 60 in verse 19. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. Now where did we read that before? Well that was 
Well, we read in Revelation 21:23, The city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten in the Lamb as the light thereof. Well, here in Isaiah 60:19, we're reading similar things. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. But Jehovah shall be unto thee in everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. And that fits perfectly with what we've been saying concerning this city in the verse we've been looking at concerning the glory of God and her light was the precious stone. And and we saw that Jesus, the Lamb, is the light of it. And here's a proof. Another proof, there's so many proofs that it'd be hard to uh, jot them all down. But here's another proof that the Lamb, who is Christ, is Jehovah. Because Isaiah says, uh, using the Hebrew word Jehovah, Jehovah shall be unto thee in everlasting light, thy God, thy glory. Well, it said in Revelation, the Lamb is the light thereof. Also in verse 20, of Isaiah 60, here it goes on to say, Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for Jehovah shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous, they shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands that I may be glorified. And that's describing, uh, again, everyone who has become saved. And all those that do become saved are made righteous by the obedience of one, Jesus Christ. Many are made righteous. And by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. And that's what God has done. Well, the wall here in Revelation 21:12 that is said to be great and high is pointing to salvation. Everything we could say that identifies with this city is pointing to salvation because it is a city that is spiritually built through salvation. And it uh, reminds us of the wall of Nehemiah back in Nehemiah chapter 6 Nehemiah was given the task by God to build the wall of Jerusalem. And he did. And interestingly enough, he did so. And we're given the uh, amount of time it took him to finish the wall. In Nehemiah 6 verse 15, So the wall was finished in the twenty and fifth day of the month Elul, E-L-U-L, in fifty and two days. And the the number fifty-two is significant because God, in establishing a year, God's the one who, first of all, established the week with creation. Six days he worked, the seventh day he rested. And that, from the very beginning, set in motion a seven-day week and the timekeepers God would uh, set in into the heavens, the sun, moon, and stars, 
that would um, keep track of times and seasons, regulated days, weeks, months, and years. And the, the length of a year is set by the motions of those celestial bodies, and it happens to have 52 weeks in each year. And not 53, not 51, 52 weeks. And that is not an accident or a coincidence that Nehemiah, a type of Christ, built a wall, the wall of Jerusalem. God plainly uh, joins together the language of a wall and salvation in a couple of verses. And the wall Nehemiah built, which was a very important thing according to the Bible, was built in 52 days, pointing to the acceptable year of the Lord that we read of in the book of Isaiah. And the acceptable year is the same thing as the acceptable day of salvation. Actually, in 2 Corinthians 6, it says, In a day of salvation, the accepted time, joining together the acceptable year with the day of salvation. Just as God speaks of a year of vengeance, and then often talks about a day of judgment. It's how he wrote the Bible. He can speak of something as a day or a year. And... And and so Nehemiah's wall was finished after the acceptable year of the Lord. So we can understand that the end of Nehemiah's construction of the wall points to the end of God's day of salvation, the time he stopped saving. And we know from the biblical calendar that was May 21, 2011. That's when... God finished his salvation program when the wall was built, when the city was completed, when the temple was finished. They're all synonymous, all describing the same truth that God has saved everyone that he obligated himself to save, predestinating unto salvation. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.